Welcome to Ming Presents the Reup, a conversation with the artistic mind. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Reup. In this episode, I've got Mr. Z Trip. I haven't seen Z Trip in a long time. He and I have toured together um, and have a long history. There's Z Trip right there. What's up, my friend? Let me invite you in or ask me to, to invite you. And then we will get rolling. There you are. All right. Hey, what's up, Mac? Zach. What's up, man? <laughs> Looking good. Oh, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Hang on. Let me adjust this so I can get my, my head here. Hey, there I am. Your big, your big Italian head. My big Italian face. How are you? I'm great, man. I, you know, I wondered, I, was, I thought about you a number of times because your name has come up and I've been doing these re-ups for, I don't know, this is maybe my 15th or 16th one now. And, um, you know, the circle, Sound Tribe Sector 9, we're talking about Jam Crews, talking about um, Deep Concentration. It was it's just been the 25th anniversary for Ohm Records, so all those records came back up again. It's been like this cool, full circle. And then I was thinking about um, your brother in New York, he's an electrician, right? I know this is totally random. Yeah, no, this is great. I, I love that one. Like, we're already here. We're already on on a bugged out topic. Yes, my brother, <laughs> my brother is, is an electrician. My dad is an electrician, and my dad's dad is uh, was an electrician. And my dad wanted me to be an electrician. So, um, and the the running joke is is. Well, I, technically, I am an electrician. I'm just on a completely different side of the pendulum of what I do with electricity. But right, you know, I still I still deal with that a lot. You know what I mean? So it's just kind they of still they still disappointed in you. You're up no, there. <laughs> they were they were never they were never disappointed. I'm just in kidding. Me. Um, but uh, but it's funny how I sort of broke I broke the mold and uh, and you know and sort of went went a different path. I mean, you know. I, I don't know why I thought of your brother. There was this, either you had told me this story or maybe one time in New York we were hanging out and your brother was around. He told me about getting shocked, like doing subway work. And like, <laughs> I was so enthralled with this idea of this guy who's just crazy. Cool dude. Just getting sh like massively shocked. Oh, dude. Yo, the shit he would, he would show me and tell me, you know, crazy stories, man. Like that's, you know. Because there's a lot of, you know, being a tradesman, there's a lot of uh, issues you would run into, like crazy precautions you'd have to take. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, my hat is off to all the people out there who are doing those kinds of jobs because it's pretty gnarly. And especially, you know, you're de dealing with like a team of, of, you know, 10 or 15 people. And if one guy screws something up, like the whole team could be in jeopardy. Like that's, you know, I don't know, man, you know, relying on that many people and making sure that everyone like is in the right headspace to function it's oh there's there's bob he didn't get any sleep and he's fighting with his wife like and he's like the head dude of the team like uh, you know like that's <laughs> that scary you know Whatever. it sounds like the music business but just with electricity yeah 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 so it's basically the same it's but, basically yeah. the same yeah 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 i can't tell you how many times i got shocked being on tour on a microphone stepping up to go oh, yeah. like a microphone not being grounded properly and i'd step up playing guitar to go kiss the microphone and, and all of a sudden tap. oh yeah it's like oh my god and you play it, turns, off. it all you turns white right, and yes. you're like you don't yeah. even know what's happened but you yeah. you know like you know but you're like oh my god i was not yeah, yeah. and you're doing it in front of, you're doing it in front of everybody so you gotta play it off like hey it's like when you walk up and you trip you're like hey just kind of play that <laughs> up like, hey. 
hey, I was just sort of like, hey. Yeah, that remind that you just remind me of speaking of speaking of tripping. That reminds me of playing at the Lizard Lounge. I think that's in where is that in 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 Texas? Yeah, in Austin? I th- yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, yeah. In uh, Dallas, yeah, in Austin, right? Texas, and 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 it was like in the middle of a tour, and we had that guy. Remember Jeffrey? Do you remember Jeffrey? Were you ever around? We had that guy touring with us. He was our tour manager. And at that point, they decided, like, it would be funny to see how incredibly drunk they could get me while we were playing. Because, you know, when you do the sets every night, you kind of can do them blindfolded to some degree. Especially when it's routine stuff, because it's like you're not really changing. You know what I mean? You're calling routines, but you're not changing the routines mid-routine. Right, right, right. And I remember being so blotto at that show that, like, I did, but not knowing, because you're doing it, and you're like, you don't know. And then the second the thing was over... I turned around to go off stage and I literally just like face planted over a monitor. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the same kind of thing where you're like everyone and everyone in the audience was like, Oh, you have to kind of get up and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. meant yeah. to do that. Yes. Yes. That was part <laughs> of the routine the whole time. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and funny thing, um, where this all started from is before the quarantine happened. I was, I have all these hard drives and I was like doing a studio cleanup and I have some old drives and I was like, you know, I should transfer these to a modern whatever drive before these things become so obsolete. There's no connectors for them anymore. Right. So I'm, I'm backing up all this old audio stuff that I have. And a lot of it's video footage and it was video footage from the deep contour. Oh, wow. And there's footage of us and you and people under the stairs, you know, Ming and FS, Z trip people under the stairs. Who else? That's on the deep contour when we're in Japan. Right, right. And yeah, it's I'm, it's I'm amazing. Right. It's amazing to see that where there's one of us in the bullet train going from uh, t- Tokyo to Osaka, and we're all just looking like this is the craziest thing ever. Because also it was the craziest thing ever just to yeah, be on yeah, that yeah. scratch tour in Japan. But yeah, that do was, you remember any of that? Well, yes, uh, pockets. You know, the thing is. It's funny, man. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, uh, you know, I've been touring for 30 years, right? So you start to like, when you say like the bullet train, I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember that. Or it's like, right. oh, that's right. People under the stairs were there too. That's right. Like I, it's not that they're, they're, they're sort of distant memories. So it's like, if I have, if I think hard enough, I can put it, I can piece it all together. But because there's so many um, of those memories that i have all over the world for 30 years it's kind of tough after a while to go you know it's funny like i'll have i'll have people come up to me at shows or even in the chat room or or just you know in general and be like i saw you at in nebraska at this bar and the thing and i'm like (laughs) and like it's it in their mind they have it completely vivid because it was was their it was their like show that was their one and 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 i and i get it because i have that with other artists but for me it's like i gotta go through my rolodex and be like nebraska bing zero one on the club wait was it upstairs downstairs oh and then it's like it takes me a minute but i'm like ah i remember that i love when that happens that's the day that that guy fell over and whatever happened it's like (laughs) i can i can get there it just takes me a second man my my instant recalls, like, uh, give me a, give me a minute. So, well, yeah. well, I have two. I actually have three instant recall memories of us. One of them was, and I don't remember what tour this was. It might have been the first date of deep, con- deep concentration. We flew into 
Colorado or somewhere or Park City. And it was snowing so incredibly hard. I don't even know how we got in there. And we all got into a white van that looked like it had been stolen. And we were sitting on crates inside the van when they picked us up to go to wherever. The, I think it was at the Tulagi or something like that. And it, and it was like us and you and maybe, I don't know, someone I didn't know. It could have been Vin Rock or someone like that. That I, This is like why I met those guys. And I remember being like, what are we what what are we doing and getting to the club and it's already in full swing we're really late oh yeah and like i think when we get there you have to immediately go on oh yeah and, and fred and i are like like what have we just gotten ourselves into i mean it's literally snowing like four feet that night <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude those those are but like that's the problem is that's par for the course and 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 shows Still to this day, even some of the most, you know, with the biggest production, biggest money, marketing and everything behind them, you still get to the show sometimes. You're like, how the fuck is this even functioning? How are they like, like on the outside, it looks amazing. Yeah, we call that like it's like a dumpster fire and you just walked in and you're like dipped in gasoline, ready to dive right into the dumpster. Like, let's go light it up. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Most of what we did before <laughs> DJing was like a thing was a hundred percent that everything yeah, was, yeah. It, it was, it was all held together with duct tape and chewing gum. Yeah. And you know, the productions get bigger and bigger and bigger, but they were still like, remember playing for Disco Dottie at the state palace theater. You ever play for him? Yeah. You know, just, this was like when the crack house laws were there and they tried to arrest him for, for all the people that had drugs in his venues. And that was all that other crazy nonsense. So nuts. But you would play his shows, and they were massive. But they were like, I, one, I don't even know what to say. One incident away from it all going. Oh, yeah. Tongue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, that's, but that's the thing is, like, you, here's the other thing is, having that realization, like, maybe getting through all the obstacles of, like, setting up you know unpacking whatever doing your thing and, and sound checking and like oh hey i'm gonna run and grab a bite to eat around the corner at the right bar or whatever like this is my dinner is this shit deep fried <laughs> whatever so um but then coming back and like doing the show and then mid set like realizing some major thing like oh the right side of the speakers are just to, are not working by the way that's just gonna be the way it's gonna be for the rest of your set and you gotta be like okay cool like just keep going you know what i mean like maybe some people won't realize or some some travesty some crazy thing like, yeah, that's when you every... turn the monitor around yeah, and the monitor is so now there's facing so many, the crowd there's so many <laughs> obstacles um so it's always tough you know it, it's funny i remember um you know one of the stories uh you know of having a turntable break uh and you, we were out in 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 some rave out in the middle of nowhere where it's like you couldn't just get another turntable so the option was okay i'm gonna be blunt with the crowd like here's the deal one turntable's out so i can play music for you but the idea is now when i play a song i need to point to you and you guys are gonna clap on beat and you keep that clap going so i take the next record off put the next record on i'm gonna mix to your clap and like that would happen for an hour. And then, by the way, those ended up being, like, some of the best shows ever because you had to know how to pivot, how to, like, how to take a fucked up situation and make it good, right? So, like, and there's a million of those, but, like, those to me are, are that's how you cut your teeth, man, you know, and, and knowing how to, you know, 
do it with style and finesse without letting them see that in your mind you're like oh my god this is the worst like i'm up here and it's just all eyes on me and i have to figure out how to like do you ever notice work. that when you're doing that spinning the pots and pans and you're sweating much more than you would ever sweat and you're really not comfortable and you're like i'm really working hard and then the whole time you're thinking this is the worst show i've ever played in my oh. entire life and then after the show People come up to you like you've invented turn to like DJing. They're like, yeah, that no. was the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen in my life. And you're going, I have the worst set. I have I've the ever fucking had. worst set of my life. Right. Yeah. No, I, I've had that. But, you know, the thing is, it's also because art is so subjective and we're our own worst critic and we're always, you know, critical and analyzing and picking parts about all oh, that. Those four bars and that transition didn't fucking yeah. It's like nobody, you know what I mean? Like we are like that. That's what's on my mind for the next week is that that transition. Yeah. But for them, they're like, yeah, that was awesome. And the song you played here, and and you, and you realize, oh wow, their perspective is is this, and like I got to respect that because that's what they saw and that's their experience. And I don't want to take away from their experience, you know. And that's the other thing too. I, I always try if, if I'm having an issue, um, if it's if it's a Situation where I gotta I gotta communicate it to the crowd, I'll figure out sort of the best way to do that. But I've I've had situations where I'm like battling some tech issue, like wrestling with it every single mix for an hour and a half, like just feel like I'm getting punched in the face, and then ultimately finish. And someone's like, "Great, amazing set." You're like, "You just got oh cool, awesome." And I don't even want to bring it up. I don't even want to. I'm like, Thanks. <laughs> Keep it moving. Yeah, man. I mean, but I think that that. Two parts to that, two things you made me think about is that one, being professional, I think from where we come from, the pre being able to put things in time, you know, like the, before pre beat matched all that stuff, you know, the, the sync button, you really were, you had a, an amount of skills that was part of turn, playing that, you know, you were basically problem solving on the turntables to begin with because you were mixing records that weren't supposed to be mixed together. You were playing records that aren't staying in time. You are taking rock records and putting rock records over hip. You know, like all these things yeah. that you do that are basically not what you're supposed to do in the first yeah, place. No, the whole th the whole shit is what you're not supposed to do. Right. Turns, so like even even like I love the the line from uh, I think that Cut Chemistry or or yeah Newmark one of them said in the Scratch documentary where you're not even supposed to touch the turntable. Like the whole right. thing as a kid, you're like don't touch the turntable. Like you put the needle on, you walk away, and it's like we're. The opposite. We're like touching fingers on everything, moving shit like outside. You know, turntables aren't supposed to be outside. You know what I mean? Like all those variables. We're just like the complete opposite, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like um, it's a little bit of an Olympic sport to some degree. It's like you have to bring or a professional ball player or something where you're bringing everyone knows how to play the game to a degree. I mean, when we back in the day, people didn't necessarily know what the game was. Now a lot of people understand turntables and turntablism a lot more. But back then, people had no idea what that wiki wiki was or like what, you know, they're like, what are you doing up there with all that? Like, I have no, they just thought we were pressing play and that was it. And then right, we were just right. moving around and doing, what are you doing up there? Um, but that was holding everything together. Like, yeah. they don't, people didn't understand that you're really actually manipulating time and change, you know, like trying to hold three records together at the same time. Oh, yeah, 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 you, yeah. You know, and on and on and on and on. But then, during all of that, you learn, and I learned this from you, and I learned this from Vinrock, and I learned this from a, a bunch of guys who could scratch a million times better than Megan FS ever could, was if you play the right music, it doesn't matter. 
Dude, I if you that, pick I selections, that, you know, that's like lesson number one that I, you know. But I think that's one through ten. I yeah, think people yeah, really exactly. don't understand. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's like the biggest, most obvious thing. Like, you could have all the skills in the world and be amazing at it. But if you're playing music that nobody can connect to, then you're just up there, like, showing, I can lift this weight. I can do this. It's very, it's, it's, um, it's very almost ego driven and and while it's a cool thing to see like wow that's a, remarkable you can do that but if there's a whole bunch of people standing around being like oh interesting look at that look at the physique <laughs> oh, it's great it's like you're not you're missing it the idea is and it's kind of funny because i've always felt like if you can have people not notice it right that's the best compliment right because then you're integrating with the with the whole um the whole story and, and you're not making it be about this one thing. And so I've always looked at scratching as there's a moment to do it. And then there's a moment to not do it and knowing how to the space between music. And that's just in general. I feel like music in general, if you have music that is so filled with sounds and I sometimes will work with producers and they're like shoving all these things into, and it's like the track is becoming so dense that the whole heart and soul of the track, you know, especially with hip hop, boom, bap, like kick, kick, snare, yeah space between everything sometimes no hi-hat at all that kind of stuff to me people get lost in the in the idea of there's a time and a place for a sound to be but if if so much is going on it's like it becomes a blur and and i will say this that to also to speaking to what you're you're talking on i think it's very interesting that when we started doing this we were very tech savvy and super into um what uh you know what the the how to do what we were doing and the ingredients that went into it, that, that we were hyper-focused on that. <clears throat> and the crowd maybe wasn't, but they knew it was groovy and cool and interesting. That was the sort of the norm. But as technology evolved and as people were able to get closer to DJing because the gaps kept shrinking, like you didn't have to go out and find every single record. You could download stuff. Now I could manipulate it. Oh, there's a quantize button. Oh, there's a, you know, it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting for me. And once people start getting closer to like bridging that gap of being able to, I want to do this and having an app or a certain, you know, uh, series of things, you know, mechanisms to do it. And it cut out a lot of the guesswork and a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, I love the fact that it allowed people to do that because they could get their ideas down. You could paint faster. You know, you could, you could get your stuff out quicker. But I did. The one thing I loved the most is that it made those people savvy enough to understand what it is we were doing and are still doing. And that is kind of great. And I, I couldn't really bring that up even in a better scenario. Um, other than a few months ago when I did the, the set for insomniac, the EDC mm -hmm. set. And there's a couple variables there that were really amazing is one, um, technology is finally caught up where if you're interested in DJ culture, you're a little bit more now savvy of how it all works. So, you know, to see somebody go up there and hit play and sort of just dance around and cheerlead while they may be playing the great, the greatest song. You can also, if you're savvy enough, you can kind of go, I kind of know what they're doing or what they're not doing. And I kind of know, like I'm being fed this thing that is, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I might've been like, Ooh, what is that? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I, I know what you're doing. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm savvy. I have all the DJ gear. I know what, you know, I might not be, as pro as you, but I'm savvy enough to know that you're doing like relatively nothing. I like so to say as, as pretty as you now, as pretty as you. Yeah. Right. 
but the second thing, the second thing that's really uh, amazing as well is um, I feel like, especially now under the circumstances with COVID and everything happening and everyone's streaming and everyone's focused in on one thing, you would go to a rave. There might be like six stages. So you, you're the, the, the overload of information you're getting and you can choose your own adventure. So if you really like drum and bass, you go to the drum and bass stage, you'll never see anything else. The fact that um, these virtual raves are one, one DJ at a time yeah. it forces the person to sort of look and receive the information. So you're by default, you're, you're, you're paying attention to more of what's going on. And the, and the funny thing that for me is I was loving um, when I was doing my sets, having these people be like, one of my favorite quotes in the text was, Oh, he's DJing, DJing. Right. <laughs> I love that. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's, Cause, cause that's... They were just like seeing it for the first time and being like, Oh my God. Like, and he's using turntables and he's, I see what he's doing now. And so there's this, this new appreciation for what we've always done, but they can kind of, we can have a dialogue now where it's a little bit more, we can interact before it was just, you were speaking Chinese to me and I couldn't understand anything. Well, now I am right. fluent in a, in a little bit of, of Mandarin. So I can understand <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Also, also though, um, <clears throat> which is important because this is something that came up about you. Someone was telling you, might've been Dave who's on here. What's up, Dave? Um, Someone had told me about that you had really had a great time doing these, you know, streaming sets because people can finally, yeah, there, there's Dave, sign out. Yeah, um, they can finally see what you're actually doing. And, you know, funny thing is I remember doing sets back in the day where they would put screens above us to show people the turntables below oh, yeah. us because we were up there doing this. Yeah. But it's people like didn't cooking, exactly like know show. what that was. Like a cooking show where they could see like, yeah, oh. Yeah, and then so they started putting screens up above us to put the put the cooking show up there so people yeah. could see the ingredients. Yeah. And I think now that this streaming thing is happening again, for guys like yourself, guys who truly been doing this for real, for a real, I mean, real, not real, with skills. Because peanut butter and jelly sandwich is still a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's right, still right. food. You can still right. eat that. Right, so right, I consider right. most DJs to be people who can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches these days. Right. Everyone can do that. That's cool. Some make it nicer on nicer bread. But <laughs> then there's people who can make a meal, you know, like a whole thing, a million different meals like yourself and a lot of the guys that we, we, we were touring with. Um, and that's special. But I do agree with you that if you don't know what peanut butter is, then the sandwich doesn't make any sense anyway. Right, right, right. So the fact that so many people can DJ used to be super annoying to me but now at least people know what they can do so like when that guy's like oh yeah i'm a dj and i'm like oh yeah you dj you, yeah i dj at this place on thursday nights and i blah 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 and i'm like okay you're you're a you're an open format dj cool and i'm like are you you know tells me what they're doing and i'm like okay cool you know you got your tractor set up cool i got that i got you know what's going on and then they're like um but i'm not a dj dj right right you know, that's like saying I can drive a car, but I'm not a race car driver, which right. is, you know, which is right. pretty true, right? <laughs> right. But, you know, here's, here's, here's the interesting thing. I used to, I used to be so, um, you know, I covet this art and this, and the, and the, and the, all of the scrolls that we had to learn and all the, all the mysticism and all, I, I covet that. That matters to me, but there's also a level of, I have to detach myself from that because it, it may matter to me, but the other person, Hey, I just want to hear some beats, man, you know, or whatever. It's like, yeah, cool. Then, then, and that's what brought you here. And that's what you're looking for. I can't discredit that 
as much as I want them to want to know all these great details of like, oh yeah, but liken it to cooking. Oh, this salt is from the Himalayan. Oh, <laughs> right. This curry is a, you know, they only make this kind of all that shit that matters to me that doesn't matter to them. I can't, I want to like in one capsule deliver that and be like, now you see what I'm talking about and have them go like, oh my God, it's even better than I thought. But like, but, but, but to that point, and I think it's fair, this is, and again, I remember, I remember feeling inadequate on some of these tours because everyone could scratch much better than like I, I was not a I didn't come onto those tours as a scratch DJ I was a record producer who could sure, DJ sure. and so like mine was such trial by fire that like you know the longer I, I was doing this thing the more you know I picked up all of my stuff but that's not my forte but I realized that you can't if you don't get the, the basic ingredients you you don't really get the other stuff anyway so if you're not getting the simple parts of it you're the the special salt doesn't matter because you don't have a palate for it right right so right. like i remember playing with guys and i don't want to name names but one dj in particular who is like an extremely famous dj now who won dj battles back in the day who was a horrible horrible party rocking club dj horrible sure, he could sure. scratch he could scratch the paint off your car amazing like you know they, they, I remember playing with them down in Florida. He said, "What's kind of, you know, all that kind of, you know, all the crazy crap and all that." But I, but it would just clear the room, and that taught me like, don't be, don't be jealous of or envious of that thing because that thing is not a skill into itself, right. um, if, unless you want to just play for your boys in a room, right? Well, or a, lot girl- people, a lot of a lot of people, I feel, um, they they made that as like a, a certain barometer. You had to hit that in order to to, to equate to some level of like being, you know, better. And, and, you know, to me, it's, I, again, I sort of what I was saying is I used to, I used to really give a shit about that so hard to the point where it's like, if you didn't understand it or you didn't mess with it, I didn't really, you know, I, I sort of, I was a little standoffish about it. And this is young me, like young, like something to prove. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm a turntable. Listen, right? I've known you for how many years? I remember you. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you like, I needed, I needed, I needed to, to be out there and and to and to really interact with people who were genuinely just there to 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 dance a party or or just wanted some good tunes and while I had that in my package the other stuff they didn't really care about and I had to get to be okay with that and I also had to learn um, certain lessons in regard to hey man tone the rhetoric back a little bit and you're gonna you know you you you. You get more people with sugar than you know with with something sour. So it's like give them give them what they want. And 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 look, let's let's step away from the whole picture and be like, hey man, I get paid to play music for people right. and travel right. the world. What the fuck am I worried about if they know that I can crab scratch or not? Like it doesn't fucking matter. Like what matters is, did we have a good time? Was the vibe right? Was I playing good tunes? Were we like un? boxing and, and taking out all of our luggage from the day and like setting it off to the side and like cutting loose. Cause that's really what this whole thing is about is a release. And I got so worried about like the, the, the vehicle of how it got there that I didn't, I didn't look at the journey. It took me a lot of like, you know, just picking apart and, and realizing all these circumstances and, and, you know, and, and saying to myself like that, the other shit doesn't, it, while it matters, it really does matter. It really doesn't matter. And if you and if you can be as zen about it, then it allows for those moments when it does shine to be that much more special as opposed to here's my agenda. Like DJing with an agenda 
that is ego based. I'm like, I'm going to show you what I'm about. Right. That shit is young. I want to fuck energy. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like you can see it on young DJs who, who step into the arena. It's like, okay, give that dude like another five, seven years, you know? I mean, because the thing is, everyone wants to be noticed. Everyone's like, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to be known. I want to be recognized for my skill. It's like, that's the <laughs> young B-boy energy. And, and while I appreciate that and love that, it's, there's the, the, once that wears off, I feel like then you start getting into the real core and then, then it becomes a bit more fun and you get to understand like, okay, this is a lifelong journey. I'm not just here for five minutes. And I love seeing that. And I feel like also, you know, what's crazy is the technology when it stepped in and made it accessible for just about anybody to DJ, I feel like everybody rushed in with that, yo, notice me mentality. And it was just rampant everywhere because it comes part and parcel with if all of a sudden I can gift you the ability to do this, you're just going to go, ah, ah, you know, it's like now you're going to have sex for the first time. I get the fuck. I'm fucking now. We're fucking. It's fucking the fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's all that's on your mind. But, you know, three or four years later, after you've done all that, now you're like, I wonder what it'd be like to make love. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's a different, how about we put on some, some, you know, some of this. No, other no, music. I think, I think it's even, even, even more simple than that. You're, you're out there trying to do your fucking, and then you have that one night and you're like, damn, that, I'm yeah, that in love. <laughs> right. When it, you, you're playing that gig and you think you're, you think you're doing the gig and the gig does you. And you're like, Oh, didn't all this time. I had yeah. a very similar experience. Um, and I agree with you. And I, and I, and you know, I, rem I spent 10 years doing like with the same, you know, when we were doing all the, you know, all the iterations of the things that we've been doing for all these years, but it wasn't until, um, in somewhere in my production career where I realized this sort of less is more, um, the more space you have in your mix, the more, you know, basically reggae production is the basis of all of the things that I produce these days. So space is the, is the infinite thing. It's more yeah, space you yeah. can get on the record, the less you put in there, the more groove you can create, the more energy it's going to have on a, in a live setting. And I don't think that young DJs um, and music producers, because you don't start off playing in a massive room, so a big room, which I find that young people don't understand, when you first start DJing, you usually play in a small room. The small room, you can, you can play records that are, are complicated a lot easier because there's not a lot of air moving around. So the room sucks. You know, the people are in there, and it's, it, it digests a lot of the frequencies. But when you have a big room, you can play a boom-bap rec record that sounds like it's a symphony yeah. because it's just kick, snare, and bass. Like, um... um it's better than hip hop. It's better than hip hop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, um, and and you when you play a big room and you feel the sonics of a good drum and bass record or a good, you know, hip hop record that barely has anything in it, and you're like, that's why this record is timeless. Mm -hmm. A KRS One record that just still will knock. It'll knock until the end of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's very when you make things creatively. It's very difficult to be like, well, I only put ten, five elements in there and that's good enough because yeah. it bangs. You're like, no, nah, I should shade that a little bit more. It needs a little bit more hi-hat. It's got to get a guitar in there. I got right. And I think that overproduction mindset is the same thing as the overproduction of a DJ set where sometimes in order to show, you know, the skill, you need to set it up with 
good music or a party rocker or whatever. You know, sure. it's like because you could because the truth still is you drop a Michael Jackson track, it's still gonna rock the party. Right, right, right. I right. mean, no matter, you drop a James Brown track, it's still gonna rock the party. It doesn't matter right. what you do to put it in, put it out. Right. Drop a Bob Marley track. It's still gonna. Everyone's gonna know the lyrics, right? But that's <laughs> so, that's that's the that's the art of knowing when to walk and when to run. And I think you you learn that over time. I, you know, I, I've very very rarely have I seen people just come out the gate inherently knowing that. You know what I mean? It's also something that I feel um, the the crowd will let you know. Like the response, it's it's very much a conversation, and that's I yeah. think you know why. Once I realized that it was that versus me like wanting to show you what I know and show you everything I've learned and like beat my chest and be like, this is here. This is me. It was very much about, okay, I could do that. But when it comes back to me that, Oh, I played this song and it hit that way, or I did this and it, and it went over there and you start, it, it becomes less about, Oh, you know what? I didn't even need to place. I didn't even need to interject me into any of that. That was able just going a, B, C, D. Oh, look at that that writes itself and i didn't have to fucking do anything other than realize that it was that it was just connecting those dots i didn't have to do any heavy lifting but the the genius part of it is like then you get to d and you're like oh now i'm at a crossroads how do i get out of this well that's where you're like hey well i got these potions like check this out and you, here's right. some magic and you like figure out a way to sort of we you know get get yourself out of something and that that's when you're using it to your benefit as opposed to like Here's every spell I know. I'm a magician. Bang, 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 bang. Give me my applause. It's like that is, you know, anybody who DJs from that perspective, I think, is missing it. Or they just haven't gotten to the the Zen part of it, which is, you know, uh, you know, it's something that I've really been experimenting with a lot lately. I mean, I've known and, and that's sort of been my style of DJing once I sort of learned that years ago. But even more so now, trying to unlearn things that, I, I learned at the time that were, were crucial. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you do these things, this you'll benefit in this route, in this in this manner. But now, especially in the climate we're in with with streaming, there you have to unlearn certain things and reappropriate and reestablish and reconnect with certain things um, to to do it correctly. And it's very interesting because it's an immediate response. It's not an immediate response here where you see and hear the crowd, but you see it in a chat or you see it in in your arc of, of the story you're painting or whatever it is. And that to me is a very interesting thing because it changes and certain things that I was like, this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> totally doesn't work. And the things I'm like, this will never work works better than anything. And I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to constantly remind myself that I'm a student and I have to constantly be learning. And no matter what I feel I'm handcuffed to, as far as this will never change, you have to write that off. And you know, when I like, you know, I'm working on this chill set right now um, uh, for, for Sirius XM. You know, I got to turn it in uh, in a day or two, and they're going to put it on, I think, next week. And um, it's a quick little half-hour mix, you know what I mean? But I'm listening to it, and, and I'm working out little bits and pieces, and there's moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't need to touch anything. And the idea of, of mixing something and, and just letting it do the work especially when you're performing it live is really hard because if you're well, the pressure of that, doing right? a lot of when you're doing a lot of this and it's a lot of busy work and then all of a sudden you got to stop and you got like, well, I got five minutes to, to kill right now. Cause this song is going to do all the lifting, you know, it, well, it's a you, very, when, in performing, me, that's, that's always a little tough. Like 
oh, well, maybe I'll just uh, I'll work on my taxes for five minutes. Exactly. Well, let's, get, get... let's let's give that perspective to people who are non-DJs. So here's the perspective. I, ha- I do a radio show <clears throat> that's weekly. And in the radio show, I'm generally putting 12 to 16 tracks in the show. It's a mixed show. Every week I do a new one. And you would think that that's what a DJ set would be. But when I do like a set or I'm playing a fe- like if I put together a festival show, I just did one for another one of those online things, right? Um, a great, huge million person rave, whatever. Um, there was 26 tracks in the show. And, be- and the reason for that is twofold. One, people's energy when you're listening to music, you know, in a podcast or in a, ra- in a mix show, you know, people are chill, they're sitting down, like whatever, doing their work, and they can listen, they want to listen to the songs longer, and there's no lights splashing in their face, and they're not trying to get into the drink, and that hot guy didn't pass in front of them, right? On stage, or when you're at a, a thing, the energy is much higher, and people don't have the patience, or, you know, it's so AD for you to sit there and let a track play to t- two or three choruses, right. you know, you're banging through a verse, a chorus, into the next verse, chorus, into the next verse, chorus, and your energy when you when you actually let a song play longer <clears throat> you feel like <clears throat> you've either wet yourself and everyone's staring at you because you're no longer moving right? right or it feels infinitely more long but it's only 30 seconds longer or 40 seconds longer right, and right, that time right. on stage you know is like forgetting where you are in the middle of a book report or something where you're like you're up there <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. your thing you're you're rocking it and then that girl gives you that smile from the back of the room and you're like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Oh, uh, and then that two seconds of losing your mind makes you go. It feels like an infinite amount of time and space. And yeah, so yeah. For a performer, not moving and chilling out is hard because you feel like you're not being cheap, but you're like caught in the motions of. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, 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 I used to struggle with it pretty hard. I still I mean, there's still a level of like, OK, I'm, I'm I, you know, you sort of you run and you're running, running and then you're like not walking but like slow motion walking and it's like you go like matrix um but i've been able to now especially in this environment that we're in like i said i keep going back to it but i've been able to relearn things and recalibrate and and understand that that really doesn't matter you know what i mean especially now like and i i'll just go back to i I watch other djs um from time to time especially when this when this shit first started yeah, I was watching DJs replicate their sets that they would do in a club environment on a streaming platform, and it wasn't working because the the environment really is needed. It's it's the peanut butter to the jelly. You just yeah. give me a jelly sandwich, and that's not working. I need the crowd. I need people standing on couches, popping bottles, and like wiling out for it to be a vibe and a thing and an experience. But when you play that same turn up music and I'm sitting on my couch and my cat walks by or like, you know, whatever, <laughs> it's like, let's go, let's turn it up. You're like, this is what? Like you get to sort of see it with the makeup off and it's very raw. It's and like being backstage with the lights on when you're in, when you get to a rave and everyone yeah, sees yeah. it later on and you're like, this is basically a shithole, but it's going to look dope tonight. Right. Right. So there's, there's levels of like, of understanding that and going, okay, you know, people are at home. So the idea of, uh, of you know, being home and chilling at home, Netflix and chill, like I'm going to chill. I'm at home. I'm, I'm gonna, it's, this is why I, I, I chill. I'm not standing on my own couch, popping a bottle while I'm out. I'm in the cut. So 
different songs require uh will will you know you'll be you'll you'll be receiving songs differently so that my whole approach and the thing that's great about that is it also made me dig deeper into my bag right and then it's a uh, you know it's me like finding tunes that i haven't played in a long time or songs that i really want people to hear but like i couldn't really play this in a, a rave or at a festival because it's just not it's it's too cerebral it's too feely and like maybe i could end a set with it and maybe i could get away with like maybe getting a glimpse of it so you could see it but like if i can just present it and that might be those five minutes of me not having to do anything but i enjoy i actually look forward to that now because it's well, it's uncharted you, territory, and it's, you know it's interesting. You know, you know what you're that. describing? You know what you're describing, you know you're describing, which is really pleasurable in a lot of ways? Everybody, every DJ, every musician has music that they're listening to that they really want to play in, a, yeah. in an environment, but you know you really can't play it. It's yeah. either too personal to you or it's not made for the club. There's, there's a bunch of Steel Pulse stuff that I always like to hear in a really big room, but in terms of tempo and everything... It's not, it's not really appropriate if you're playing a headlining slot, unless right. it's like your last track, or you're like, put it on before you play. Like, tell your sound guy, yo, put on the Steel Pulse track before I play, because I want to hear it before I get up and do right, my thing. Right, right. And like, um, what you're describing is the ability to play the things that we really love, because the format has changed, and in a lot of ways, it's freed us up. To, to look at music in the way that we did when we first started DJing, which was we weren't playing in clubs. We didn't need to rock a party. We were playing in our rooms with our friends in college or wherever it was that you were DJing in high school. And you were playing to a very small amount of people who didn't really have any idea what you were doing anyway. So you would play a Sade record into a, you know, into a, a Bob Marley record, into you know, a Kiss record or whatever, because you were playing music that you loved because there wasn't let's say format music like right. house records right. and hip-hop records and jungle records right so to, for me the streaming revolution that's happened during this whole thing has been super freeing to watch amazing djs like yourself and like craze and other guys who are technically at this super level be able to play music that they love and be able to say you know what? I know that normally I play hip hop and drum and bass, but tonight I'm playing a calypso set, and tonight I'm playing or like like that, Gabriel, that's Gabriel and Dresden playing these these or playing these you know twelve hour sets on Saturdays and Sundays with a club quarantine is mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's well, it's a very interesting time. Um, you know, really quick, I got to shout out Mr. Carmack is in the chat. I saw that. That's awesome. I love that dude. Uh, Rogue is one of my favorite tunes he ever made, and I put that in my chill mix. Um, so if you uh, if you're not familiar with who he is, you should go check him out. Shout out to Yulia is also in the chat, and there's a whole bunch of homies that are, are in there. So I just want to shout everybody out really quick. However, um, yes, uh, you know, going back to that, I feel like you know what's interesting is yeah, all the musicians carry around this music that they love. That like you know, who knows? Maybe the singer of that hardcore metal band is really into bluegrass, and you would never know. You know, right. whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> but I will say this: I'll say this that I feel like. People now want that. And that's the, that's the new, to me, I'm realizing like, I, sure, you can give me a party rocket set. Sure, you can give me like a technical amazing set. But you know what? I know that more people are music savvy now and are way more in tune to other styles and can appreciate other styles. That's the other thing too. I feel like when I first stepped on the scene, I was trying to play a rock record and a hip hop record in a club environment. And it was like, Yo, these two worlds don't even really know each other. Now they do, right? In a major way. Yeah. So 
let's take it well, a step play, further. Playlisting has made that happen where people yeah, just yeah, build with, a playlist of their a favorite music. Without a doubt. And the thing that's really interesting is, is, is I feel like people want to hear the obscure, the interesting. They want to be turned on to new shit. And like as a DJ, I'm finding that I'm breaking records. Some of them are old as dirt, but right. like I've never played them publicly or I've never really been able to champion them in a major setting. They've always been like, oh, you're going to play the, the reggae set? Here's the moment I can play that reggae tune in the reggae club with the reggae vibe where it's like, but I can actually, you know, and here's the other thing too, for me, I've sort of built my whole career based around these juxtapositions where I can kind of go anywhere I want with, you know, uh, impunity. Like I can kind of go anywhere musically and my, I feel like my fan base is going to be like, oh yeah, that's cool. We're, we're listening to Tool now. Oh, now we're listening to an acapella fucking Gregorian chant thing. Oh, now we're in some trap shit. Oh, and then now we're a bluegrass record. Like, classic z trip that guy you know what i mean like whatever so i'm i'm cool with that and i've i've i feel like i'm i have the ability to do that and i've worked my whole career to get that although i feel like now even more so um it's 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 almost a necessity to go there because when will you ever be able to do this again like i can always go back out to a club and play club tunes and we can go back to like that kind of vibe but I really do feel like moving forward, what is happening is people's music, like their ears are starting to finally open a little bit more and people are going to be way more receptive to eclectic stuff. And when you see somebody going up there and kind of phoning it in or just playing, playing it safe, like anybody can play the top 40 fucking hit tunes in any different combination, but you're not really showing me much. You're showing me that A, you can play hot tunes and B, you know how to segue them together. Great. But anytime I get to hear you as a DJ put your thumbprint in the in the mix and turn me on to something I don't know or play something I completely forgot about or play a song that I was like, I would never have played that. But it fucking works. Oh, my God. And now I'm inspired. Now I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and listen to all my Pink Floyd records or whatever, because he played a Pink Floyd song, not uh, you know, another brick in the wall or, you know, whatever. It's like he played an album cut B-side off of this record that I completely, and it worked, and oh my God, I'm inspired. Like, it's forcing DJs to create and and dig more and be more eclectic, and I do feel like fans are going to be, are receiving it, because I'm, I'm seeing it in in um, in messages, you know, yeah. where people are like, yo, that thing you did here, and I'm like, that was my, you know, on, on the on the term of a, of a tree that was my thinnest twig out there and i was like i'm gonna take us out here and like that ends up being the biggest moment when but, i i accredited it to being tiny and frail meanwhile it was the strongest part of the tree it was you know the trunk of the tree i just had the perspective all wrong and the crowd showed me that and you know that to me is it, i've recalibrated and i'm constantly learning how to arrange and and um, and just the whole arc, the whole story arc of, of, of doing music now and being able to do these different sets and push boundaries. And, and I love that because it's I'm having fun again because there's a moment, too, where it's like, you know, you get into the situation where you're playing tunes and, and you're and, you know, it's kind of what's expected of you because there's, yes. there's a level of. of you know, I would run it's just, shut, it's just shut up and make me dance. That's basically what it comes down to. Well, there's it's a just, level of that, but yeah. there's also a level of like, you know, I painted myself in a little bit of a corner sometimes where somebody would be like, hey, man, um, you know, I drove over two state lines to see you. 
I want you to do that <laughs> mashup that I love so much. This is why I'm here. And I'd be like, well, I might not be in that headspace, but like, I can't not give you that. Cause like, that would be a dick move. So like, let me, let me give you what you're looking for. But with Twitch, there's really no agenda. Everyone it's, it's, it's leveled the playing field in so many ways. And I think that's a good thing because a lot of stuff had to get put in check. I feel like the culture of DJing yeah. is really fucking crazy village people, YMCA disco. You know what I mean? And it needed to come back to like real raw Nirvana. You know what I mean? But, like, but, but, but do you think my question is, and I, and I had Disco Donnie book for one of these and I got to get him back on here, is that are the promoters paying attention to the, the creativity that's happening? And are they going to allow people to really flourish in this sort of regeneration of new music and being able to recite, bring music out. Cause like for myself, I'm listening to all these classic playlists of songs and things where all the original breaks came from and all, you know, all this like digging stuff that I'm doing for my own guilty pleasure. And I'm writing them down in my book and I've got screenshots of, you know, my Spotify things. Sure. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like building all this stuff in my mind and I'm building pathways to do all this creative stuff. And then you, then you, you see the things that are popping out again and they're the same. The, the live shows are back, going back to the same program stuff. Well, yeah, and I'm really hoping they give this like hybrid creative force where they've got, they see what can be done in a Twitch format. Why not bring that sort of energy to the big stage? So really let people go down that rabbit hole the way Shadow could do his thing. Like I remember what, 10 years ago, Shadow complaining about, you know, going to do his thing and, and, and being thrown out of a club because he wasn't playing what they wanted him to play and they booked him as DJ Shadow. I was like, mind blowing to me that that could even happen. But, you know, he was like, you booked DJ Shadow. You didn't book, you know, was that, DJ that was, New Jersey. That was, was that, that was Shadow when he played at Live, right? I think it was like a, a, some sort of thing where like they pulled him because he wasn't playing what? Yeah, he wasn't playing party rockers and like, he, yeah, wouldn't, yeah, take, yeah. he wouldn't take requests. Right. And I, to me, like, that's also, it's an interesting disconnect there because, well, that was that to me. That's old world mentality. But I do feel like there's it's going to branch. It's going two ways. I feel like DJs are going to start getting way more creative. Like that branch is going to really like coming out of this. Oh my god, I can't wait to see some people. But on the other side, I feel like certain people are going to they're they're so safe in that pond that they have to get back there immediately. So it's like as soon as the lights are back on, we're like. Oh, here's a Drake record. We're partying, popping bottles. Cool, let's go. Cool, everything. Nothing happened. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be that because people want a sense of normalcy. It's like going to the movies. You know, it's it's like they want to get the popcorn, watch the movie. It's a it's a it's a thing that that has to happen, and so that's yeah. always going to be there. But I do feel on the creative side and on the underground side and where things could go, I really do feel like where you're. No one's going to come out of this the same. If you're an artistic person, this is just giving you more creative license to really go there and, and be a bit more fearless. And I do feel like there's levels of not only the DJs, but I feel the crowd too. both part and parcel have leveled up. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't see you. I don't, I don't see people not being as risky or taking chances because th this has shown you that you can, and people are there for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I you know I've seen that in my own sets. I take a lot of liberties when I play to like. In my mind, I'm gonna drop a song. I'm like, I'm gonna lose half the crowd. Half the crowd is gonna go to the bathroom or the bar right now. <laughs> I just know it. And I'll throw it out there. And two minutes in, they might have stopped dancing, but they're all stopping and like 
receiving on some like, whoa, what? And then I'll go to somewhere. And that moment is a key moment to being the, the space that needed to happen between a lot of rigorous dancing and a, and a spacey moment, as opposed to build, drop, build, drop, right. build, drop, build, drop, right? So it's like taking, having the ability to do that more, I, I'm finding like, it's just reinforced my, my, my gut feeling. Like people want a journey. People want, um, they want to be uh, taken by surprise. They want a sense of normalcy. And, and, and sure, I, I know I'm, I want this, but I also want a sense of adventure. And to me, man, that's, that's why I think I've had a career is that I've, I've keyed into that because I, as a, as a fan, want that. Right. When I see a DJ playing something super safe, I'm like, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I can't rock with it. And like, you know, but again, I've, I've seen some of the best to ever do it. And I've been inspired by some of the best. So my threshold is completely out of, out of, you know, it's tough. But, yeah, but I, but I, you know, in all fairness, though, I do, I do think that there's a time and place for everything. You know, sometimes you want a minimal techno set that's not going anywhere, so that you can be in that space and not have to deal with whatever. And right. there's other times you want to be taken on a musical journey that's a little bit more jazzy and you know has its own space and time. And you know, and there's eclectic people. I think being able to play different types of venues, also, you know, jam jam based venues, festivals, clubs, rock clubs, hip hop clubs, you know. I don't think every DJ gets to, has had that chance to be able to play all those venues. For me, that's what, like, we started out playing in all these dance clubs and raves. That kind of went into hip-hop clubs and rock venues. And then, you know, proper venues and festivals and all that. And I think that made our ability to see how the music reaches people and how it reaches different people, you know, makes you grow as a DJ. But you don't, a lot of people don't get to see that because they get on one program. Yeah. I play dubstep. I play yeah, drum and you know, bass. You know, what I, you know what I equate it to? And the thing that I, I find, um, I'm hoping this comes in some capacity, comes back around. Because now we're all on one camera or one channel or, you know, we're all in one place. You can only watch one thing at a time. You can only really receive one thing at a time. Um, it, it, it takes me back to the early rave days where there's just one set of turntables and you had six different DJs who played six different styles of music. Right, that was always the best. It really yeah, is the best. But, here's, but the thing is, that was the best part about it is watching them weave in and out of each other. Like, oh, here's my last record. And seeing how somebody would Harry Houdini themselves into their set. And that, to me, that was the glue that I would look at and go, wow, this is, they're really, they're really like communicating as opposed to that's my set dead air face right i'm out face, right 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 you know so you the, just the you sound, just remind me the sound guy throws on you know some buffer music while the next guy gets set up and then it's like and everyone every set is compartmentalized i feel like the touching of music and the touching the, of, of those worlds in one camera in one sitting is is crucial and i that to me is i think that's what i miss i feel like that's I'd love to see I'm gonna, come back. I'm going to out one of my ideas, and then I do this thing at the end of every one of these re-ups where I ask you a bunch of quick-fire questions. You just got to yeah. answer them. I'm not going to judge them, whatever. I always wanted to do this ongoing series called Crates. And what it was is you get a bunch of DJs who sign on to do the show, same as what you're talking about. Say it's five, six DJs. We all select to put together our shows for the night with you know a lot of extra tracks. Say you play 25, maybe there's 50, 60 songs in there. And then when you get there all the DJs pick their, pick their name out of the, the hat and that's whose crate they're going to play that night. And that's how it's going to go down. 
I think that would be an amazing musical experience. That. I wanted to do that with Mark Farina and a bunch of guys and be like, yo, just give me your bag tonight. I'm going to play your bag. But wait, I don't want to run out of time. So let's get into the questions, right? Let's do it. Thanks, Zach. All right, faith or science? Both. Uh, both. Rave or festival? Rave. Ocean, lake, or desert? Ocean. Acid or mushrooms? Weed. <laughs> Big room or small room? Medium-sized room. What's your superpower? That's a tough one. Probably communication. Um, how would you incor incorrectly describe your job? Incorrectly describe my job? Oh, I just play records. <laughs> what animal sur should survive if only one can survive? Oh. Elephant. Cat or dog? I'm more of a dog person. If not music, then what? That's I, that's 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 a statement. That's not a, that's not a question. That's a statement. Favorite meal? Uh, tacos. Hunter or gatherer? Both. What's the last gift you gave someone? My time. Because you're a New Yorker, I can ask you this, or was a New Yorker. Do you have a favorite deli? <laughs> uh, oh. It's been a there, while since. Yeah, there was a there was a, a corner deli uh, off of Hillhurst, and I couldn't remember the name of it, but it was a great deli. What do you have a favorite metal band? Right now, uh, Power Trip. And the most important question: What genre are the Talking Heads? World music. World music. All right, my brother. This was amazing. <laughs> it was so good to catch up with you. It's, yeah, it's, man. It's, same. I it feels like, like yesterday. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> we are. Well, you know what's going to end up happening? We'll all circle back around and do these. Like, I didn't even get to ask you anything about. I wanted to know about you being on tour with LL. So many things. What you're working on musically. But the idea. Of this really is just for everyone to get a, a look into our conversation to see us catch up and have a good time. So yeah, dude, thank you so was, much, my fun, friend. Man. Of course, man. I'll Thank speak to you, you so soon. Thank you so much for having me, dude. It's good of to course. see you, dude. Cheers. All right. Peace.